0: week on inside jobs brian gene and lee continue the investigation of the assassination of john fitzgerald kennedy
1: on november 22nd 1963 president john f kennedy was assassinated in dallas to this day questions remain about this murder joining me to discuss the conspiracies about the jfk assassination our civilian investigator eugene fitzgerald o'neill gentlemen hello And conspiracy expert Lee Golden. Hello. (laughs) Shit. I'm historian Brian Lane. Welcome to Inside Jobs. So if you're coming straight to this episode, I highly recommend that you go back to last week's episode, episode 29, to listen to us lay out the timeline of the assassination of John F. Kennedy. Um, like if they're, like if they're
2: coming, this is the first episode they've ever listened to.
1: Yeah, well, no, like a lot of uh, our download numbers for the second 9-11 episode are way better than the first 9-11 episode. Well, that's because the sequel is usually better.
0: Yeah. That was like the Godfather Part 2 Empire Strikes Back of our saga.
1: Yeah, just tell that to Son of the
2: Mask. Yeah, well, to be fair, we did such a good job with that 9-11 sequel, you could just jump right in and
1: you knew what was going on.
0: Yeah, you could just Mm -hmm. jump right to the two Jake's. (laughs)
1: Uh, so yeah so on today's episode last or sorry last week we talked about the timeline of events kind of gave a very um, objective uh, description of everything that happened but today we're really going to get into some of the conspiracy theories about what went down with the assassination what went on with lee harvey oswald and what other parties may have been involved in the kennedy assassination now Eugene O'Neill. Yeah. You recently had the pleasure of seeing the Oliver Stone film JFK on the big screen. I
2: did. I saw it on the big screen. So I have a wealth of knowledge to operate from right now. I basically yeah. have
1: I basically have the real story. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've never seen it on the big screen. How how was it? How, as an experience?
2: It's the only way to see it. You have but you basically have not seen it.
1: <laughs> I've seen it. Probably more than a hundred times. Yeah. Well uh but zero I've zero times seen it.
2: on the big screen, so you've seen it. Yeah, you, real, you haven't seen it.
1: It's a real disappointment. What was your favorite scene? Was it when um Tommy Lee Jones dressed in dressed in gold paint and a little else?
2: No, I think it was my scene when my favorite scene was when Oliver Stone's son cried.
1: <laughs> There's so many of those
0: scenes. Are the men who kill Kennedy gonna kill us? <laughs> no, Jasper Put-
1: Yes, just me. President. I could only hope. President they knew. Kennedy was a brave man and even he was scared.
2: Now I think my favorite scene is how is when they try to prove that Tommy Lee Jones was complicit in the uh conspiracy and they do that by just proving that a conspiracy might have taken a place with or without him involved.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah, as far as a legal case that thing is a piece of shit. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, I I really love the Oliver Stone movie, not because I endorse its point of view, but I think it's just one of the best movies at creating a tone, and you know the editing, the it's amazing kind of the cinematography, the, the acting, everyth- is yeah, so every except for Kevin uh, Costner, but everything comes together in this way to really make you think, holy shit, there's this huge conspiracy going on to kill Kennedy and nobody wants to pay attention to it. I'm going to go out on so, a limb and
0: say that Kevin Costner is great. Okay.
1: Wow. That's a, sh- that's a shocker.
0: He's America's y- you know- dad, Brian.
1: That is true. You know who's the best uh the best in that fucking movie is Donald fucking Sutherland. Uh oh, he just oh, yeah. kills it for no. like 10 minutes straight. The
2: best in that movie is the guy playing Earl Warren who I when I started watching I'm like who is this guy? He is so creepy looking and it's Jim it's Garrison. Jim Garrison, <laughs> yeah. Jim Garrison that that's Kevin Costner's character and he's got like this crazy walleye or lazy eye going. He and he has Yeah, he does. He sounds like a uh he basically sounds like a southern version of um what's his name from uh, all of Bergman's films? Oh,
1: uh Erland Josephson or Max von Sydow. Von Max von Sydow. That's who I thought yeah, it he was. Does I'm like Is this sound Max, like von Max von Sydow
2: like doing a great louisiana accent and having a crazy <laughs>
1: eye. <laughs> also, uh Jim Garrison, the real life Jim Garrison was like 6 foot 7.
2: Yeah, he's like it's a huge. huge, kind of scary old dude, and uh, yeah, yeah, that guy should have gone into acting.
1: So, Gene, based on that movie, like, what coming out of that movie? What, what you saw it with a friend? What were the biggest questions that the two of you had about the real life assassination? What
2: was the you cut off for a second in my uh, in my ears? What was the view that oh, we had? Sorry.
1: What was the biggest question that you guys had about the case?
2: Huh, boy okay um fuck there's a lot so i should probably just start start back at the as far back to, as close to the beginning as i can
1: yeah so january 30th oh, 1933 God. the two what? jakes came out i <laughs> What? Yeah, no, no, no. Any, anywhere, really. It, for people that don't know, JFK the movie is about, it's based on a real life case that was brought, the only case that has been brought to trial in the assassination of, J, of JFK, where uh, New Orleans DA. I guess the background
2: of the whole case is that um, Lee Harvey Oswald either works in the very same office or works adjacent to an ardent anti communist and former FBI. What? agent or agent yeah Yeah. guy banister he's now a private who is now a private detective uh and the movie alleges that uh, lee harvey oswald was working with banister um either to infiltrate uh what anti cat or pro castro groups or to even use him to yeah, to make, pro, to make him
0: look pro they make him look pro castro so that they could pin right to, yeah make him, him
2: yeah yeah to make him look pro castro uh when he was really anti-castro
0: yeah that's kind of like the political background and then also there's just kind of like forensic viewpoint of the movie is that because of the back to the left motion of jfk's uh head it had to have been a shot from the front oswald was from behind so there must have been another shooter there must have been a conspiracy. Um, also, Oswald couldn't have done the shots. Um, there's a magic bullet that supposedly zigzags between JFK and Governor Connolly, who's sitting in front of him. Um, so, yeah, there's a whole political background and a kind of espionage background that's very fascinating. And then a bunch of theories uh, about um, the forensics and ballistics in the, uh, the case.
2: Right. Yeah. So I guess before, like, I would bring my questions on the actual uh, assassination itself. You have... All of these strange things that just surround Lee Harvey Oswald's life. Uh, The fact that he was able to get back into the United States uh, so easily uh, after defecting to Russia and renouncing his citizenship, Um, like Brian said in the previous episode, the State Department lent him money in order to do this, Uh, and my understanding is that back then it would have been impossible to get back into the United States after you defected from Russia- or, to, sorry, but defected he did, he to Russia successfully. By, trade, by trading information that you attained while working yeah. at a U2 base. Um,
0: yeah, he didn't. Well, he wasn't Botto, able Botto to... Bono had a lot of... <laughs>
2: Bono sorry, had a lot of pull ahead. from, yeah, from what I
0: understand. He right. loved... He didn't actually defect. Gods. He tried to. They didn't let him. Um, and, uh, you know, basically... But... The story of Lee Harvey Oswald is the story of a guy who desperately wanted to be a secret agent. Um, he, they found that he had checked out every single James Bond novel that had been written up to that point. We're talking brother, about Lee Harvey
1: Oswald here, right? Not Lee
0: Gold- We're talking about both me and Lee Harvey Oswald. <laughs> but yeah, specifically <laughs> He Oswald, was
1: really good at GoldenEye, especially in the facility. Yeah,
0: super good at GoldenEye in big head mode. Lee Man, Lee, lasers. did you
2: cross out the E in GoldenEye and change it to an I?
0: <laughs> um. Yes, I did.
1: Uh. So yeah, he also was a very big fan of this uh this uh TV series called that was based on a on a true story called I Led Three Lines. That's um, what it is. This, yeah. Yeah, about this guy, uh, an FBI agent who infiltrated the communist party, um, and that was like his favorite show as a kid. Yeah. But as we said last week, Lee R. Harvey Oswald was a bit of a dummy. Yeah.
0: Um He he wanted he to was, be a spy so hard, but like no one really let him. Like the the Cubans yeah. didn't want him as a spy. The, the Russians didn't want him as a spy the Americans didn't want him as a spy but since he tried to so hard to be a spy like it, it, conspiracy theories like he had to have been a spy you know
1: um so yeah so when he, when he lived in russia he was just living there he hadn't uh, officially defected and he didn't have a really important job now that said when he did travel back to the united states the united states will generally help its citizens out when they are in trouble abroad like, not and so that's like is, the russians <laughs> that is basically what happened. Getting his wife out uh, wasn't wasn't that tricky for him. And that was just involved some paperwork. Um, she just and had when to sit were... on
2: his shoulders while they wore a giant trench coat.
1: <laughs> yeah, he was the tallest man alive. <laughs> uh, that was that was what he was most famous for was... before uh, the assassination. When he did move to, uh, to, uh, Texas, he was, uh, investigated by the FBI. The FBI was under the impression that this guy had just come from the Soviet Union and could be up to something. But they, you know, questioned him and determined very quickly that this guy is, you know, not a source of, uh, w- concern in terms of international espionage or relations to the Soviet Union or anything like that. He might be a little bit violent based on this fight he's had in new Orleans uh he's very arrogant and he does seem to have very left communist leanings but he he uh, the fbi sort of figured out early on that he wasn't any danger to um the political establishment well they from didn't figure that out either.
0: they like they they thought that
1: yeah that was the, that was
0: the hunch that they were working on Sorry, yeah. yeah you're correct by the way the guy who plays um the uh fbi agent uh hostie who was uh following Oswald. you mean me what was that that was me right yeah brian played him in the uh in the radio <laughs> drama and b- while sheree and i my fiancé, were watching parkland i kept pointing out that the, i was like that's brian that's the character that brian played and she's like yeah, yeah right. <laughs> uh really? and uh but the guy who plays him in the movie is um uh, the main dude from office space and uh uh, we had a very difficult time, like, having to, uh, like, being able to, uh, keep it together and, like, kind of believe him as that character, even though he did, like, a great job. It's kind of like, his role in the story is, like, he's this lazy FBI agent who fucked it up because he's not good at <laughs> oh, this Ron, job.
1: Ron, Ron, Li- Ron Livingston. Yeah.
0: He's he's great in the movie, as most of the actors are. It was just kind of funny, just like the office space guy, like, coming to work at the FBI, not really paying attention, just hanging out in his cubicle, and then, bam, one of the guys he follows kills Kennedy.
1: (laughs) So does that sort of answer your question, uh, Gene?
2: A little bit.
0: Yeah. But, But uh, okay,
2: so so then, okay, so then we get to, what, let's just say the south, New Orleans-Dallas, because he's bouncing around between those two places, and... Yeah. So we have all these kind of enigmatic characters on the periphery of the case, uh, people Pesh. like David Ferry, um, yes, Guy Bannister. David Ferry. Uh, maybe you guys can provide some other names here, but this is Clay Shaw
0: supposedly.
2: Clay Shaw, and so this is like where his name starts to intersect with people who are very uh, anti-Castro and very anti-Kennedy because, um, because of their, you know the perception that Bay he botched the, the Pigs that. invasion. And um they want him out and uh David Ferry has connections with um Cuban expatriate militia groups that he is uh right what that him and Guy Bannister are funneling basically uh weapon or arms to what arms or weapons? No. Like rifles and stuff.
0: Um uh, weapons that are placed in arms.
1: Yes. <laughs> uh basically it, it, it's... Sorry, just to interrupt, uh, I, this thought just occurred to me based on Lee's interpretation of Oswald. It's funny that you mention uh, that, that David Ferry enters into this because he, like Oswald, seems to have wanted to be a big military player. And he tried so hard to do it in so many ways that people think that he must
0: have been successful at it. Yeah. But he he really wasn't. Yeah. Like, what if he was an actor? Okay. <laughs> and like... <laughs> They were like, man, he auditioned for so many roles, he must have been an actor.
1: Yeah. So we should go back and sort of explain who some of these people are. David sure. Ferry was um, a pilot who was fired from Eastern Airlines because of a an a, alleged a
0: homosexual hom- incident.
1: Thank you, J.O. Sanders, <laughs> um, who is a great actor in that movie. I wish he were in more things. Um, J.O. Sanders. But He's yeah, a David joke. Ferry was... This, I, I think uh, he's
0: actually he's actually in parkland i think he's no, in no, no 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 the other the other guy the the sort of tall guy the gangly guy on garrison staff is in parkland in yeah parkland, oh cool the new movie
1: um so 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 yeah. anyway let's not to confuse people who are listening who have no idea what we're talking yes. about sorry um david sorry. ferry was had uh what is it called alopecia um so he was this hairless pilot who supposedly had a gay incident, was defrocked I mean,
0: because Google of it. Google image
2: him right now and just see one of the creepiest people you've ever seen.
0: Just creepy yeah, he... looking. Make sure you're not eating or holding your privates because yeah. he's a creepy man. <laughs>
1: but yeah, he had he had a, he had had this crazy witch with uh, or witch, sorry. He had this crazy wig that had a like broom-like consistency to it, uh, pasted on eyebrows that were really Made uneven. out of felt. Yeah, a weird he like, looks like a gangly vulture nose. Yeah, he really did. And weirdly, uh during the war, uh he was uh the teacher of the civil air patrol, which was yeah. You know, like boy boy scouts essentially who wanted to learn about flying for the military. Yeah, it was like and ROTC enough, for young, the air force. Yeah, a young Lee Harvey Oswald was a member of it. And so there is a picture uh of a of a big group of boys and uh fairy is there wearing a helmet and in the very background you see this gangly chinless lee harvey oswald who's like 14 or so um but yeah he was so he was a sort of a weird character around the new orleans scene um he professed oh, oh sorry oh sorry no continue uh he professed a love of jack kennedy uh in certain But that was just because he was hot. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But he also was involved in a lot of sort of odd adventures. Probably the oddest of which is he was terrified that he was going to die of cancer. And he was supposedly working on his own homegrown cure for cancer that he would test on lab rats in his apartment.
2: to be known as the paleo diet
1: (laughs) yes um but uh but then the the jfk movie proposes that he's involved with what is known as operation mongers which was uh training cuban
2: expatriates to help stage an overthrowing of castro
1: right uh, Now, as far as I recall from my research, there is actually no evidence that he was involved with this. But, Lee, you might be able to correct me on that. What What do you know about that? There's not really a lot.
2: <laughs> so that's totally... Okay, so Oliver
1: Stone basically made that up. Well, it, there are... Like, the fact that things were happening in the same city is essentially what he used as justification for it. Okay. So, Guy Bannister funneling weapons... Now the- the guy Bannister thing is interesting. So guy Bannister did was a former FBI man, did work as a private detective in uh, New Orleans, and he was responsible for running these sort of weird operations where he would get like, you know, real right wing students to infiltrate leftist groups and that sort of thing. Uh, And his office was near the coffee company where Lee Oswald worked. So when Lee Oswald formed his chapter of the fair play for Cuba committee, he stamped some of the pamphlets with, uh, Guy Bannister's address, like his office address, and that is the only connection between the two of them. There's they're not no even the same.
0: Connection. It's not even the same address. It's basically like these, these, these two addresses that are on the corner of Camp Street and Lafayette Street. And they're two different offices, but they're like technically in the same building. And if you look at diagrams of, of the, the, the building itself, which unfortunately has since been demolished. Dun, dun, dun. Um, you see that it's, it's, I don't even think that you could get from one office to the other without going out and going back into the building. Um, but the way Stone portrays it is that basically you just like, there's two doors leading to the same office, which is not really true.
1: Um, and so, you know, in terms of explaining that there, you know, Yes, circumstantially, he could have been working. Oswald could have had an office in that building or even just a postal box or something. But it is also likely that he could have just been stamping that address yeah. as like a joke on Bannister. Yeah, there's no evidence he was because... actually there. Oh,
2: he could have been just been trolling yeah.
1: him. Yeah, he it's was a, doing yeah. an epic win. It, it was an epic win troll. Yeah. yeah. Uh
0: So that's sort of the explanation of that. Okay, that's so why he Dennis hashtagged was... all of those hands off Cuba things. <laughs> is the kevin bacon character
2: in jfk who says that he sees lee harvey oswald hanging out with david ferry and guy bannister all the time
0: made up character one of the few characters that's made up he's he's based on a on a real guy uh, the real guy is actually in the movie Yeah, perry uh, russo
1: when uh when costner is in the bar watching like when he's in the bar watching TV and they learn that Kennedy died, a guy at the bar starts clapping and se- and cheering that Kennedy is dead. And that is Richard Nixon. This
0: <laughs> Richard Nixon, no, Nixon a was a, a prostitute.
1: Closing the- he was closing a deal for Studebaker. No, the guy who's applauding is partially the inspiration for the. um kevin bacon character and he was a real right-wing taxi cab driver in the city of new orleans but yeah so that that character is essentially made up
0: yeah okay uh, they, they gave Perry russo like uh sodium pentothal uh, interviews the the garrison uh investigation so day. sodium pentothal being a uh supposed truth serum yes and like they really uh, you can read the transcripts of it i mean they had to like coach him into saying this stuff um but the the scenes that are in jfk of like you know them like having their their parties and like drinking champagne and like talking about killing kennedy like perry russo basically did say that shit but it's there's like nothing that verifies that that actually happened there's there's actually no proof that even clay shaw and and dave ferry knew each other i mean it can you know, the, the, the gay community was, was small enough at that time in a given area that, uh, it, it's probable, maybe likely, at least possible that they could have known each other. But the only thing tying them together is this photograph of them supposedly having a party. Yeah, yes, they probably fucked. I but, hope so. But the photograph has not been uh validated as actually portraying uh, Clay Shaw and, and Dave Ferry. So there's nothing that – I mean, they could have known each other. They could have even talked about this shit. But there's, there's really no proof of that. But it makes for a hell of a show. I mean, it's really fucking interesting stuff. Very awesome scenes. I remember being in high school and watching this movie for the first time. In my mind, I was just like, Oliver Stone, put on a fucking condom next time you – Brain fuck me. Jesus.
1: <laughs> uh, so, yeah, all of that is sort of hatched together. Now, Clay Shaw, at the very end of JFK, there's a there's a title card at the end that says that years later, under oath, uh, a member of the CIA admitted to the fact that Clay Shaw was a CIA asset. But I know we've mentioned this on the show before. That essentially meant that he traveled abroad to a country that the CIA was interested in for his business purposes. And when he returned to the United States, he agreed to provide an interview to the CIA about what he had seen. All right. So, so, so yeah, Shaw was basically not really like a CIA agent or anything. OK. All right. So then
2: moving along to the assassination itself. Or, uh, am I maybe skipping a big, like, conspiracy theory question here?
1: No, no, no. I'm, I would prefer it if you just sort of ask us questions and we can sort of piece it together. Okay. Um,
2: Kennedy's security, the, the, he doesn't have a lot of, um, secret service protection. Yeah. Uh, just the whole thing security wise seems lax. Okay. Donald Sutherland, if he, had, yes. if he hadn't this been sent is, to a special mission where in the it gets South really Pole. Fishy. He would have ordered, uh, what uh, a lot of extra, not what is it like police protection? All the windows yeah. there wouldn't be open windows. He would not have had a car going through a bunch of tall buildings with you know unsecure, unsecure windows. Uh, basically going like slowing down to ten miles an hour to yeah to turn onto what is it Elm Street? Yeah, um, this is
0: where it really actually it just, does get fishy. And by the and way – Just
1: to be clear, just to be clear, uh, the Donald Sutherland cl- character, Mr. X,
0: is – Fletcher Proudy. F- it's well, based it's on Fletcher sort- Proudy.
1: Yeah, it's sort of based on Fletcher Prouty, but it's uh, just a dramatic tool that Stone uses to introduce a lot of this information. Yeah,
0: he's a narrative device like Willie O'Keefe. Yeah. He's a he's a character that he made up for uh, dramatic efficacy, as, as it were. But he's, he's essentially – the ideas he has are essentially – Aligned with uh, Colonel Fletcher Prouty who basically espoused he uh, was he was a, he was a, a CIA of uh, mucky muck and uh, you know, he wrote a very lot of interesting books that I suggest you you pick up um, uh, and um, he has been like one of the main proponents of conspiracy theory and the the kennedy assassination that was actually in the uh you know in in the intelligence community at the time and and gene what you're getting at is where things really start to to get fishy here something was going on with the presidential detail and uh i i suggest um you you go out and uh, get a book um by a friend of mine named Vince Palomera. No, that's basically... why
2: that's why I'm talking to you guys. Okay. Well, if anyone out there is <laughs> I interested, I will not you be read... getting a
0: book. You should read Vince's book, um Survival Survivors Guilt. Vince has interviewed every single one of the people who was on the detail. Um and uh, it's really comprehensive. But basically, there's... even
1: Agent Clint Eastwood?
0: Even Agent Clint Eastwood, um a lot of these guys don't don't like uh, Clint Hill. I mean, I'm sorry, Vince Palomera because <laughs> Vince challenges the, the myth of what happened that day. There's, there's basically two opposing opinions here, Gene. There's the opinion that Kennedy said, get off the motorcade. I don't want to be seen with you guys, you know, trying to protect me. It's going to make me look like a wimp and I don't want to, to be seen that way. Get off the car. And then there's the other opposing view, which is basically
2: that please he, don't let them kill me. And they said no.
0: <laughs> you you're pretty much. And, and as I mentioned in the, the last episode, um, you can see footage because it's according to the rules. You have to have the secret service guys on the car if the bubble top is off. And the bubble top is supposed to be on that morning. Bubble. Yes, the the top to the limousine X100 was supposed to be on that morning because it was raining, but then the rain stopped. They took the bubble top off because, as we mentioned in the last episode, this was a goodwill tour. Kennedy wanted people to see him and his charming wife out in the public and go, look at those handsome people. I'm going to vote for them because Barry Goldwater is a gross, scary old man. Um, if we know anything about Kennedy, he prefers the top down. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> Um, Did you just do Austin
2: Powers?
0: <laughs> so, um, wait, we're talking about the '60s here, man. Uh So basically, go on, go on YouTube and search "Secret Service stand down JFK." Now I know I'm giving you more homework. Oh here. my
2: god!
1: Just flip <laughs> I that want you to
0: me. I want you to report back. And basically, you can see the Secret Service guys; they're about to get on the back of the car. You, you see, they have those little foot wells on the back of the car they're supposed to be riding on. Um Someone says get off the car one of the the secret service guys and the secrets of the other well
1: guy... it actually as as soon as it became uh noon the spell was broken and they all turned back into mice yeah.
0: <laughs> jesus jesus brian <laughs> uh so uh <laughs> cool. yes yes they were they in the they were riding in a pumpkin shaped like a limousine <laughs> uh and he had to get his slipper back or some shit that's that's why kennedy
1: was dressed in those ratty clothes <laughs> john f kennedy turned back into a boy
0: <laughs> and every time Saluting he told his own cassette <laughs> so you see there's there's actual film footage of the secret service being told to stand down and the secret service agent puts his hand up in the air and is like what what are you talking about he's driving through Texas he's a democrat from massachusetts driving through texas in a fucking open limousine and you're telling me to stand down i mean that's not what he's saying but he's waving you can his see yeah down, like, from
2: the gesticulations you can infer yeah all i of mean this. but he's, he's like
1: he's like daffy duck throwing a fit. yeah he's putting his hands <laughs> up in pantomire. the air
0: saying what the fuck are you talking about why am i standing down so he, he stands down totally against secret service protocol they and in in the movie yeah it does mention that they changed the motorcade route Um, and yeah, the motorcade route was, should have gone straight down the middle. If you, if you go to Delia Plaza, there's sort of this sort of triangular shape to the roads. Uh, there's one road that goes straight through the middle and there's these two roads that kind of curve off to the left and right. Uh, and each one has like this grassy knoll up by it. And, uh, the one, um, giving, giving the name to the triple overpass. Yes, exactly. So there's this, goes onto the Stemmons freeway. There's a train track that that goes over uh them as they go on the the uh, freeway and so the the secret service protocols were just so lax now it could be that there was some conspiracy to tell them to stand down it could be that um kennedy told them to get off their backs um there's some quote where he says i want those ivy league guys off my back or something like that or it could be that it was just a lazy friday service
2: guys all necessarily ivy league guys I
0: don't know. That's just the, the, the apocryphal, supposedly apocryphal, possibly apocryphal quote that's been attributed to, to President yeah, Kennedy.
2: Wasn't he an Ivy League guy?
0: Yeah. <laughs> the exactly. fucking Harvard. But, yeah. So that's no, he, the kind of, he, that's the debate here, Gene. And the, the other theory, which is, I think I talked about this on our very first episode on, uh, Gene's jobs is that they're, they wanted to, that 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 Kennedy was being lax about security, wanted to and die. they wanted to prove him. Well, they wanted to prove him, prove to him that it was dangerous. So they hired this dude Oswald, who to was to shoot down. him.
2: <laughs> so no, no, no,
0: to fake it, to fake it. They wanted to fake an assassination attempt. Have this dipshit shoot a couple shots off, and you know, right off in the distance, and Kennedy would go, "Fuck, I need some more protection." And according to this theory, Oswald says. Fuck you guys. I'm just going to shoot the bastard and, and does it anyway. And so, again, if you are up in the book depository, and they talk about this in the movie, you see the car, the car from from Oswald sniper's nest in the, the the corner of the sixth floor, which they actually don't let you stand up there. But you can stand to the window to the right of it or you can stand uh, one floor above and kind of get a decent vantage point. Um, of what it looked like you'll see that the car came straight down the street right at oswald and you would think well why didn't he shoot himself in the face why i mean why didn't he just shoot him right in the face why does he wait to go around the curve by the grassy knoll to shoot him um now you know according to stone and and garrison and all of his guys it's because they're in the triangulation of crossfire between the the texas school department book depository the dal Tax building that's a kind of kitty corner to the the book depository where zabruder had his dressmaking shop and the third point of the triangulation of fire is the grassy knoll um now according to norman mailer what happens is storm
2: and norman mailer storm and norman mailer
0: <laughs> is that uh kennedy's driving down the street and oswald is just looking at him going look at this amazing magnificent you know man do i really want to do he this he gets
2: lost in jfk's bedroom eyes is what happens i mean basically is <laughs> basically the in the head, in the back of the head and that
0: when he when when he goes around the curve he's about to drive off and he realizes this is my moment um
2: so if... he quickly runs home to get his gun
0: <laughs> right you know this this is goes to leave his wedding ring he so
1: knows he's single and he cracks out of getting single
0: and um and and the uh, car a, just according... happens
2: to pass under where lee harvey oswald works i mean come on doesn't that seem a little too coincidental to you guys
0: well gene the world is a terrifying and chaotic place and i think that there was tons of conspiracies that were actually trying to to uh to kill kennedy And I think that if Oswald hadn't gotten to him, uh, if it was actually him, then someone else would have. And uh, we'll talk a little bit later. Basically, every
2: building in Texas had a guy that had a gun that day ready to to kill him.
0: You (laughs) know, there might have even been other people there that day. You you never know. I mean, the mafia wanted him dead. Uh, Certain guys in the CIA certainly wanted him dead. Um, The Cubans wanted him dead. I, I mean, there's plenty of... Lyndon Johnson really wanted him dead. Well, there's plenty of people who had... You know, motive means an opportunity. Now we know that 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 history is replete with these bizarre moments in which the sun, the moon, and the stars all align for these you know crazy coincidences. No, that's actually that never topical. happened.
1: Well, <laughs> to, speak, so to, speak. to speak to that, Lee. To speak to that, Lee, I was talking about this with a friend recently, and he brought up the uh, assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand. Yeah. Where – so there was this plot to kill Ferdinand. They knew his motorcade. One of the terrorists stepped out, threw a grenade, and it didn't go off in time and blew up the car behind Ferdinand. The actual conspiracy failed, and yet – Yeah. And yet, Gavrilo Princip, who is one of the terrorists, went and got a sandwich – Ate his lunch, and as he walked out of this restaurant, Ferdinand passed right by, you know, on this unplanned route. Yeah. And his car, his car was parked right in front of the restaurant, and so he was able to just walk up and shoot him, starting World War One, essentially. Yeah. And actually, uh, which the, is
0: just a crazy coincidence. Well, and actually, in something that I will announce later, I, I kind of go into that a little bit, and and uh, um that that really gets at it that. <laughs> Look, the big bang, the the idea that like all of these these, you know, pieces of that this pieces of shit mass shit could,
1: television show could ever become very popular?
0: Yes, like the the idea of 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 like just, you know, all of these <laughs> factors sort of no, aligning that makes total to
2: sense. Those guys are funny.
0: to create the <laughs> universe that that it had to just be this specific cocktail of you know of um, circumstances for the universe to be created this is very difficult for some people to believe it is much easier to believe that you know james mason was sitting on a fucking cloud and over the course of six days uh decided to just build it himself and that james to me mason is sort the
2: of, only guy to escape from alcatraz yes oh no that uh, was, was john that was, mason.
0: That was john that was, that was that was sean Conray. now look now look, I'm playing devil's advocate here to a certain extent because there's only there's only a couple of people. By playing at devil's most, advocate,
2: you mean you're arguing for <laughs> Satan? Uh, I you're am Keanu You're Reeves. basically arguing for the official story. Can we call yes. that playing devil's advocate?
1: <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Weirdly, we can because like polls come out all the time where the majority of people that live in the United States, yeah believe that Kennedy was killed by an assassin 75% percent.
0: Uh, uh, in according to a poll in 2003 this year it's actually down to 59%. Um and you know also John John Kerry Secretary of State John Fitzgerald Kerry <laughs> uh,
1: announced, AKA, uh announced also known as JFK <laughs> also known as JFK uh <laughs> in in an alternate timeline he is our president. <laughs> um but he yeah, he announced that he has pretty an alternate with, timeline
2: he is handsome.
1: Yeah. In an alternate timeline, his chin didn't become a boulder yeah. on his face. Well, everyone has
0: these, these, these doubts. Even but yeah, Lyndon Johnson, he he who commissioned doubt. the Warren Report, has his doubts. Nixon also. Nixon, yeah. If you listen to the Nixon tapes, he makes this bizarre reference to the Bay of Pigs. And I think Halderman later revealed that that reference is actually a reference to the Kennedy assassination. Bobby supposedly had his doubts. Um, although there's some, some debate over that. Um, Bob at Breed. least in the, Bobby Brady. At least, at least Bobby Brown. At least in the wee small hours of man the that Brady Bunch
2: episode where Bobby Brady doubts the official story
0: while well, he has to share a room with his sister. Yeah,
2: and then his dad tries to tell him to not ask questions, and the government infects him with
1: AIDS. Okay, we're gonna cut that joke out. <laughs> All
0: right,
1: but nope, stay in. But, it. but the point <laughs> is, stay in. It. Stay in it. <laughs> Well, it's weird that Nixon would say, like, he said something along the lines of, like, the Warren Commission is the greatest crock of shit ever sold to the American public. Aside from him, everything he did at office. <laughs> 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 uh, he said that because he knew he had shot the president. Yeah. No. It is interesting to see that even people in positions of power like a Johnson, like a Bobby Kennedy, like a Nixon, could doubt the official report. You know, Johnson, even though he had appointed the members of the commission in order to investigate it. um, And it just – to me, it doesn't suggest that something – like that a conspiracy actually killed the president. It just more uh, speaks to the fact that it is hard to believe – that Kennedy was not only shot by Oswald, but that all of these coincidences were happening around Dallas that day. Questions look,
2: abound at the assassination itself.
0: Look, look it's very easy to prove... I was going to... Oh, okay. I was going to segue
2: there, so just cut me out saying that.
0: Oh, sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, Lee, we should, we should allow him to segue because okay. we're approaching more minute 40 All right. and we should yeah. wrap wrap okay. it up so in So we're like getting 10 to now so. let's
2: the grassy knoll, which is like the byword of the JFK conspiracy. Second shooter of the grassy knoll. Multiple witnesses say they see, uh, when we're talking about multiple witnesses, we have people that are facing opposite, uh, abraham's approved the abraham's approved film um the grassy knoll is behind him um at the uh, moment of the assassination
0: to, to uh, the right
2: and behind of him yeah yes people say that they see smoke uh they hear gunshots coming from the grassy knoll uh the grassy knoll is adjacent to a rail yard which the guy who i don't know what lee bowers, lee bowers who whatever ran the rail, not ran the rail yard but he works in the rail yard says before says moments before the assassination he sees um people behind the fence um
0: yeah he says he saw like a commotion or something he couldn't describe now he didn't say that to the Warren commission he said that later to an author who was interviewing him but um, um here's the thing gene when was the last time in history that guns smoked
2: uh, before in high school in the boys' bathroom.
1: I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the guns don't. We're not talking about we're not talking about the social the socias at your school. Dude. Yeah, yeah, okay. like they,
0: they,
1: no, no, no. Gun smokeless uh smokeless powder was invented in the eighteen eighties.
0: Okay. okay, So unless the 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 shooter on the grassy knoll. So these were more like e guns. Gu- <laughs> these these were e yeah they were vaping. <laughs> Yeah these these were Egon's these were guns built by Egon of the Ghostbusters <laughs> but the the fact is that's why they that's why they had to have so many different shooters because they couldn't cross, cross the, the streams stream. yes. yes
1: okay yes <laughs>
0: all right pack it up let's go home um yeah guns don't smoke there was someone back there fucking smoking a cigarette or a blunt or whatever
2: man somebody um, was just letting a
0: huge bong rip go now. <laughs> Um, ear witnesses and eyewitnesses. That's that's why Zapruder had vertigo. Yeah. Right,
2: <laughs> he had <a> copy <laughs> yeah, of he was,
0: Vertigo. He was
1: baked as shit at the moment.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you,
1: you know, you know that somebody had to be baked as shit at that plaza. Oh man, how scary would that <laughs> be to be high out of <laughs> your mind, watching the the president's head explode? <laughs>
0: uh, it was Kennedy. He was high as balls. Probably. He had this guy named Dr. Feelgood who would basically give yeah, him Dr. heroin injections. <laughs> um, yeah. So he was probably higher than anybody. He was he also wearing – He didn't
2: feel it when he got – That's why, like, he's not freaking yeah. out that much. He's just like, man, yeah, the hell? Did I get shot or something?
0: Dish fucking <laughs> shucks. Um, he was wearing a back brace at the time, and according to Seymour Hersh, who wrote the book um, – What's it called? The, the Dark Side of Camelot, which is just, is just like a whole book about Kennedy chasing tail. It's, it's fucking awesome. I don't know how true it is. But um, according to him, he was like chasing tail at like Sammy Davis Jr.'s house or something. And he was like in the pool and he threw his back out in the pool, like chasing after some prostitute. And that's why he was wearing the back brace that day. And if he hadn't been wearing the back brace after the first shot, which was probably not fatal, he probably he probably could have ducked and got out of the way. Um, and looked up uh, Jackie's skirt. But back to the grassy knoll. So if you're, I, I, if you're actually on the grassy knoll and you're using a gun, um, JFK's head like exploded, yes, but like the right backside of the head um, blew out. If you shoot someone from that range on the grassy knoll, your whole fucking head is going to blow off. It, it's not going to cause that kind of damage. And then that gets the FBI to the did some
2: tests, right? They just had some guys drove by and they shot him they in the shot head him. To see which way the brain would blow out.
0: Yeah, they just put some dudes <laughs> in there. Um, you know, there's been all kinds of people who've done like TV shows where they've like built like weird fake brains that explode all over the place. And, and a lot of people say that like this, uh, you know, there's this back into the left motion, which means, of course, that his head had to go back to the left. Now, if you actually look at the Zabruder film frames frame by frame, um, his head actually jerks slightly forward and then goes back. And there's also the thing is when you when you shoot someone in the head, it's not necessarily like punching them in the head. It doesn't does, does just go backwards that way. And anyone who's been in combat I can tell you that that like the jerk the body jerks and spasms all over the place due to you know muscular there spasms. The image, yeah. a- additionally, there's a. a, a um, a doctor, a physicist, I think his name is Alvarez, was actually a, a, a friend of Kennedy's, um, who spoke of what's called the jet effect. So basically, a long-range a, uh, a rifle is going to cause an exit wound coming out of the front right of JFK's uh, brain. Now, this exit wound um, is going to um, basically spill out like all of this, like blood and gu- and goo and crap. Now, that exit wound is going to create what's called a jet effect which could also potentially push uh, JFK's head back into the left. Now, that to me basically indicates that the back-into-the-left motion— It's the
1: hottest thing you've ever seen. It's the hottest heard. thing you've
0: ever seen. Is not necessarily proof of a conspiracy. Now, look, okay. I, I, I'm the assassination agnostic. That's the position I take, which is All that right. we don't know. But the, that grassy knoll stuff, I, I don't think there's any proof that there was anyone on the grassy knoll.
2: Okay, now the three tramps, this is my... Do we have time for this? Because this is like probably my favorite sure. part of the JFK conspiracy. They, the they, tracked they tracked them down.
0: They tracked him down. There's some random guys.
2: They're just random guys. Okay, so they
0: yeah. weren't E. Yeah. Howard Hunt and Frank Sturgis no. from the Watergate. No, water E. Howard Hunt
1: and, 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 and Woody Harrelson's dad. dad. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: a bunch of horseshit. They're just some random tramps. Uh, I mean, look at a picture of Howard Hunt. Look at a picture of that guy. It's not Howard Hunt. Now, Howard Hunt's... Um, Son, who's uh, St. John look at Hunt. It, look
1: at a picture of Howard Hunt and look at a picture of Ed Harris, completely. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Bingo. Um, if anything goes wrong, I'm personally calling the President of the United States. Um, his, his son, St. John Hunt, who's he's, 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 a, he's a perfectly nice guy and a blues musician and friends of them on Facebook. You know, he says, "Oh, that's definitely my dad. He saw like a, a picture yeah, of him. Yeah, he but... said
2: that uh, his dad said on his deathbed that he helped kill John F. Kennedy. Um, right. Didn't he release a book saying that?
0: Yeah. Um, but Gene, who is Howard Hunt? Howard Hunt is a secret agent. He's a secret agent. What is, what's the job of a secret agent? To kill the president. To lie and pretend and make shit up. (laughs) Now, what he said to, what he apparently (laughs) said to. His job is to pretend that he killed the president. (laughs) I I think that Howard Hunt, if he did say that, and there's some like recordings or something of, of, of that, that I, that I've heard where he says he was a bench warmer for the big event. Now this is like could have Howard been talking Hunt's. about the big game. Yeah, we are talking about the big game. Um
1: Yeah, Army v Navy. <laughs>
0: right. Harvard beats Yale 69 to 69.
1: <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones
0: beats Yale. But look, um it all boils down to this. I, I there is a lot of fishy weird shit that went down that day. It is like one of the, it is probably the weirdest day in the history of forever. It is so bizarre. There's, there's the umbrella man, this guy who's standing there. Such
1: a weird explanation and he, about this, but. He opens up an umbrella
0: a, right as Kennedy is getting shot.
1: And he claims, when they finally tracked him down, he claims that it was, he had heard it was an insult
0: to the Kennedy family. Because Neville Chamberlain used to yes. carry an umbrella. When Joe Kennedy Sr. was ambassador to England before World War II, while Neville Chamberlain was like kind of appeasing Adolf Hitler, so it's basically the dumbest explanation that is the you worst political
1: joke.
2: That's the worst callback yes. I've ever heard.
0: <laughs> it's no, the two jakes, and then that's not as exciting as there's like this diagram of a flechette weapon that was supposedly inside the um, umbrella that when you open the umbrella it shoots this little flechette out and the umbrella does open at the same time that Kennedy sort of clutches his neck. So it kind of looks like the umbrella is like shooting some James Bond fucking thing at his neck. And someone I think showed a diagram of that to, to Fletcher Prouty, AKA X, Sort of from JFK. And he's like, oh, yeah, I saw one of those in the CIA back in the day. Those definitely existed.
1: Yeah. And so there's actually, well, there's actually a theory. uh The less nonsensical theory is that the
0: umbrella opening signals for the shooters to fire. Right? Yes. That's the other yeah. less crazy theory.
1: There's actually a, a very interesting short documentary by. Philip Glass. Er- no, I'm sorry. Errol, Errol Morris. Morris. <laughs> <laughs> Philip Glass did the music
0: for his film Thin Blue Line. Yeah. Right. Uh,
1: Errol, Moore, er- Errol Morris released a, a short documentary about the Umbrella Man. I believe it's available on the New York Times website.
0: Yeah, they, re- they kind um, of, like, distributed it. And you can also just see it on YouTube. It's it's interesting. Yeah, it's very it's very
1: interesting. But It's um, like six minutes uh, or if, something. In our old CIA propaganda media episode, um, this didn't really come up, but one of these – uh, eastern europeans who was working for the for the radio free europe was actually assassinated in london supposedly also by an umbrella gun um that uh we didn't get into in that episode and i don't know why i'm bringing it up now i'll be over here <laughs> okay yeah so so let's try to let's uh let's say that is i think a good place to leave it we've we've gone through a lot of the different conspiracies um and There's a, just a universe of information about this. Yeah. Um, you could, you could go deep into it, rebutting every single counterfactual argument or, you know, weirdly, weirdly anti logic argument that there is. Um, but we just don't have time to do that on our, on our, our podcast. Um, so I think that's a good place to leave it. What I would request is that if any fans, if you, uh don't think that we covered something that you would really like us to just call in and we would be happy to talk about any weird points that you want to raise yeah maybe do a little micro uh, episode
2: about
1: that yeah we could do a little micro uh brian so you gene, can do I, a little micro well <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> what do you think yeah, yeah, yeah. i've been what do you think i've been doing this whole episode <laughs> um so gene what do you think the assassination of jfk inside job or not uh it's But somewhere
2: between inside job and outside job. I think that Lee Harvey Oswald, in his mind, carried it out alone, but he was put in place to do it.
1: Okay, Lee, JFK assassination inside job or not?
0: I believe that there were several conspiracies out to kill President Kennedy, um, two of which were possibly thwarted, one in Miami, one in Chicago. Um, There's some interesting details on that that we didn't get a chance to go in, into, but you should check those out. I think that there was a cover-up to cover up how hard everyone fucked up that day. From the FBI to the CIA to the Dallas cops, everyone just fucking dropped the ball. And I also think there was a cover-up by Bobby Kennedy himself to cover up, uh, to basically preserve JFK's legacy. There was a lot of... Uh, paper being shredded and, uh, and, and burned that day by a lot of people. Um, so I think there was certainly a cover up by many parties. I believe that everyone thought that there was a conspiracy. I think everyone thought there was something going on here and everyone did their, all the law enforcement agencies did their best job to say the fuck out of the way of whomever was behind this. But at the end of the day, there's not a lick of forensic evidence that points to anyone but Lee Harvey Oswald. Which does not necessarily disprove that someone could have planted or altered evidence. There's no proof that that did happen, but there's, it's impossible to prove that that did not happen. Because put it, I put it to you this way. If there really was a conspiracy to kill the president, if it was really that good, it had, they had to get away with it. And everyone who actually knew something about it, Is probably dead so there's no way to prove it what we can prove is that there was a cover-up and we can prove that there is there's evidence that uh lee harvey oswald was the only one who did it at this time but there are still some government files that have yet to be released and i look forward to seeing what those are
1: uh and i personally think that it was not an inside job but i really 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 wish it were (laughs) yeah it would, have been it would great. be so much cooler.
2: Yeah, I, I really want it to be, too. I am deeply unsatisfied by the official narrative in a uh, catharsis sense.
1: Yeah, and I think that is a, a big factor in a lot of people not believing it.
0: Yeah. yeah. So
1: uh, that is our episode on JFK. Again, if you want to get in touch with us uh, to ask us to provide more details on you know anything, you can email us or call us or anything. But for right now, Lee has a very special announcement. So I would like to turn it over to Lee Golden. Yes.
0: Yes. Um, I am proud to announce uh, that I have produced a 15-minute short film, a documentary entitled Orphans of Camelot, Fear and Loathing in the Age of Zabruder. Um, and I'm starting an Indiegogo campaign uh, to expand um, this film into a hour-length film. Um, that I'm going to try to distribute to, um, uh, smaller public radio stations, or I'm sorry, public uh, television stations, um, and, uh, uh, film festivals and for, uh, classroom, uh, distribution. Um, it's a, it's a film basically about the assassination of John Kennedy and the influence, um, uh, on media and popular culture and i'm trying to raise uh, a few bones here um to do a couple of things one to secure the rights to some stock footage um there's a lot of stuff available from you know government archives but there's some stuff i want to get my hands on um and also i want to shoot some interviews uh with some folks that i know in the the uh uh the jfk research community um this i don't really have a lot of um exciting uh like uh so i don't have a lot to offer in terms of prizes t-shirts dvds uh it's kind of not what that's about uh unfortunately but if you ever wanted to be a producer on an independent uh documentary this is your chance so basically if you donate uh 10 to 100 dollars, you'll get a special thanks in the credits 100 to 500 dollars, you will be an associate producer 500 to 1000 you will be a producer of the film um thousand dollars or more you will be an executive producer of orphans of camelot uh, if you're a corporation or another organization, you can be listed as a sponsor of the film for any donations, $500 and above. So, um, so where to find this? Well, you can go to jfk007.com. JFK, the three letters, 007, the three numbers, uh, dot com. Or you can go to I-G-G dot me, M-E, uh, dash A-T, dash JFK Orphans. That's I-G-G dot me slash AT slash JFK orphans. Um, And that'll take you to the Indiegogo campaign. And And there'll be a
1: link on our website. There'll be
0: a link on the website. Um, The campaign is has officially launched as of November 15th. um, And uh, that'll take us up uh, one week later to the November 22nd uh, anniversary of the Kennedy assassination. And then we're going to run for 45 days. So there'll be another month after that trying to raise a relatively modest two thousand nine hundred and seventy six dollars to fund it uh, it's an entirely not-for-profit endeavor being pursued entirely in the public interest and for a modest donation you can join me in this effort um if you don't have money or just uh you're you not interested you should still watch the movie it's going to be super cool um check it out at uh check out the 15 minute and, and short tell your friends you do have money and tell your friends who do have money who want to be film producers to go to jfk007.com and be a producer on uh, Orphans of Camelot.
1: Well, thank you very much, uh, both of you, for joining me for this discussion about the JFK assassination. Gene, Lee, you guys were great.
0: Hey, you guys, you guys you're were
1: welcome. Great. And yes, please go to our website to get that link for Lee's Indiegogo. If you want to get in touch with us, you can tweet at us at insidejobscast.com. Or email insidejobscast.gmail.com. You can always call our hotline 413-225-1963. And to get any of this information, you can always go to our website insidejobscast.com. Thank you very much for listening to our, you know, very special JFK episodes. Thank you uh, for listening to our last week's episode as well. Uh, We'll be back next week with a full-fledged brand new topic. Until then, follow the money.